0: Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for bringing us here. Already our hearts are in worship of you, God. And already we just want more of you. We're hungering for m- more of you. And we ask God that this morning you would speak to us. You would have a, I pray you would have a special word for each one of us today that we can carry on over to the new year being this is new year's eve day and lord as we've gathered in this last sunday before the new year god we just want to surrender dedicate everything to you, even right now as we pray so this time we have in your word we pray that you would touch it bless it with your holy spirit and receive our hearts as we put our attention upon you so anoint it with your spirit we ask this in jesus name Amen. I read this story about this old minister. He was asked by the young assistant pastor for advice on his new position overseeing this ministry in the church. The old pastor said, I'll give you two words. Good decisions. Well, thank you, said the young pastor. But how do I know which ones are the good decisions? Well, the old minister said, one word experience but asked the young pastor how do i get this experience well the old minister said two words bad decisions (laughs) well that's right yeah isn't that right if we don't learn from the past we only make the same mistakes in the future Now, this morning, as we say goodbye to 2017 and we say hello to 2018, we want to do just that. We want to learn from the past. We want to learn our past mistakes, even the good things. We want to learn from that and live differently in this coming new year. It's like what uh, George Santayana said. He wrote, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And that's so true. Well, as we return today to our study in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul takes us back to the Old Testament account of the Israelites journeying in the wilderness so that we can all learn from the past. And that's the title of our message this morning, Learn from the Past. Learn from the past. we're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 10 now from verse 1 through 11. Before we got into our Christmas message, you guys know we were in 1 Corinthians. We finished chapter 9. Now we're crossing over to chapter 10. And it's perfect for our New Year's message. So learn from the past, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1 through 11 this morning. Our outline is this. Number one, the wilderness wanderings. Number two, the wilderness wanderings. Wrongs and number three, the wilderness warning. So let's begin here. The wilderness wonders. Number one, the wilderness wonders. Take a look with me now. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Now we're going to take only the first part. So look at this. It says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be un. Aware. We're going to stop right there. We begin here with this one word, moreover, which Paul writes. Now, Paul, he connects us with that word to what he was just writing about. That's what's going on here. It's a, a connecting word from really everything we've been studying in this section. And this section connects all the way back to chapter 8. Do you remember when Paul brought up the issue of eating meat offered to idols? Some said, hey, it's not okay. Some were saying, hey, it is okay. But Paul wrote basically rather than being stubborn about it, believers are to be understanding to each other and show love to each other on the position they hold. And then when we went into chapter 9, Paul set an example of himself to lay down our rights. Remember his right to receive uh, honorariums, to receive a uh, pay for what he does to, for a minister and what he's doing. Well, he laid down his rights and what? He became a servant of all for the gospel's sake. So that was chapter 9. And then last time, at the end of chapter 9, Paul encouraged the Corinthian believers, the last time we were in 1 Corinthians, he encouraged the believers to be what? You remember, running to win, to be determined, to be dedicated, to be disciplined, like an athlete, and denying yourself, denying your flesh, denying what you want, like an athlete, and giving to everything to winning that race. And so in light of all this, in chapter eight and nine, coming into chapter 10. In light of denying self and doing that right thing, Paul brings us to this example of Israel in the wilderness. He brings us there to show how Israel did not deny themselves even after all that God did for them. So that's, that's the idea here as we come into this section. So Paul says in verse 1, moreover, it's like, hey, let me add this, you guys. Do not be unaware or do not fail to understand what happened to Israel in the wilderness. Here in this first section, Paul starts with the wilderness wonders or or miracles that happen. And we're going to see three wonders, the daily presence of God, the daily power of God, and the daily provision of God. So the rest of verse one, or the second part of verse one says this, that all our fathers were under the cloud. If you look, you see that in the next part of verse 1. Now this is talking about the daily presence of God. This is the first wilderness wonder, the daily presence of God. Notice here, Paul says, and all all. All our fathers. All means what? All, right? Five times he uses this word all, and it means every Israelite experienced these wonders. Every Israelite experienced these things that he's going to talk about. It wasn't only for some special ones, or Moses, or the priests, or Aaron. No, they all experienced this. So that's important to understand. So he goes on in verse 1, he says that all our fathers, that that generation of Jews back then the past generation, he's saying, they were under the cloud. What's this cloud? Is it just some cloud in the sky? No, it's speaking about the Shekinah glory of God. Remember, the Israelites followed that cloud by day, fire by night. It represented, really, and it was the visible daily presence of the Lord. God was with Israel And he manifests himself. They experienced it in this daily presence. Everywhere they went in the wilderness, God's visible presence was always there. It never left. Everywhere they went. No matter where they went in the wilderness, God's visible presence was there. The cloud was there. They were under the cloud. It never left. God never left Israel. The other day, I looked up and saw this large cloud coming over the island, a cumulus cloud, real kind of puffy, but a little more dark, coming over, covering our whole, beginning to cover a whole island. And I was thinking, imagine the Shekinah glory of God, covering over, watching over there with over 2 million plus people at this time now. That was how many people the children of Israel was. And it wasn't just this small little puffy cloud in the sky. I believe it it was this impressively large cloud that gave maybe even shade in the desert that showed them, hey, the Lord's watching over you. The Lord is there. The Lord is there to help you. So everywhere they went in the wilderness, God's visible presence was always there. It never left. God never left. Look back on 2017 now. Look back on this past year. Hasn't God been with you? No matter what the situation was, wasn't Jesus right there by your side? Well, here's the thing. Know that God's going to do the same thing in 2018. I I like that. It's like what Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the Lord is saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be like the Shekinah glory, the cloud that was with Israel. And this is what Paul is pointing out. Everywhere they went, God was with them. And you know what? God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you except for 2018. No, he doesn't say that. Right? It's for every year. And so just as he was with you, those times you knew God was with you in 2017, he's going to be with you in 2018. So it goes on here in verse 1. Then he adds these things, all passed through the sea. And then verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Here we see the daily power of God. First we saw the daily presence. Now Paul is bringing up the daily power of God that was with the Israelites. Paul says they all passed through the sea. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Red Sea, how the Lord miraculously delivered Israel from the Egyptian army that had trapped them on the shore there. God powerfully opened the Red Sea, delivered them, freed them really from the bondage of Egypt in that whole moment there and we know the story and then he says verse 2 all were baptized into moses in other words israel was immersed into this new life with god after they passed through the red sea and this god uh, the lord god they were immersed in with this new life is that cloud that's what it says in the cloud in the sea and moses was appointed as the leader the idea here is, is in the deliverance of going through the Red Sea. Israel was united and made into this new identity. And at, those of you who have been with us in our studies and numbers, we saw that. We, we saw that in our studies that how a nation was born at that time. When they went through the Red Sea, when they came out of Egypt, when they were freed and on the other side, they were now a nation that belonged to the Lord. They were now officially the people of God. So what Paul is saying here is by God's power, Israel was freed from that old life in Egypt and crossed into a new life as a nation of God. So understand this. In these, At the end of verse 1 and verse 2 here, it's a little bit hard to understand, but 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 know this, that Paul said by God's power, Israel was freed from the old life in Egypt and crossed into a new life as a nation of God. They're baptized into this new life. One commentator wrote, all of Israel was identified with Moses even as by baptism a Christian is identified with Jesus Christ. And that's really the parallel Paul is bringing out here as he's writing to the Corinthian believers in the church over there. That is what he's talking about here in this letter Paul is making here for the Corinthian believers that in salvation we have a new identity as united believers freed from the bondage of sin leaving the old life behind believers we enter a new life as children of God following our Lord Jesus Christ and we know that's been done through the resurrection by the power of Jesus in our lives so let me apply this for us today look back on 2017 give god glory for his power in your life for the miracles for the wonders for the answer to prayer for the red sea rescues for his powerful work in us changing us making us into that new creation and it's this continual process right so what was 2017 did you grow I always like to stop and think about that. I always like to, at the end of the year, look back on 2017. Look at where I am spiritually and assess myself and say, did I grow? Did, 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 I, did I go through this Red Sea and God deliver me and help me from my sins? And now am I growing? Am I better today than I was on January 1, 2017? That's how we ought to look at it. We ought to look at 2018, God working powerful miracles in our lives that he's going to do a work and continue to do a work and bring more victory in our life. So you know what? Let's look in faith. Let's look forward and trust to 2018 that God isn't done with us yet. God's going to continue to work in us. God's going to still help us in 2018 with miracles, more victory, helping us to become more and more like Jesus and helping us to live that life for him. I keep hearing in my mind the song. I mentioned it uh, uh, weeks ago, but you know that song by Jeremy Camp? And it goes, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wait, lives in us, lives in us. And the song goes on says, the same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, lives in us, lives in us. He lives in us. He lives in us. Amen? Jesus is in us. Jesus is working in us for us to grow, to become better people, to become like him, to grow in our character. That's God's work, just as he did with the Israelites. Well, Paul goes on here in verse 3. He says, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So now Paul brings up a third, third thing here, and that is daily, the daily provision of God. We've seen the daily presence of God, the daily power of God, and now here Paul brings up the daily provision of God. He says in the wilderness, one of the great wonders was they all ate the same spiritual food. In other words, spiritual here is, he's talking about a miracle. He all ate this mir- they all ate this miracle food that came from the hand of God. That's what he's talking about here. And what was that food? Manna, right? The manna that was miraculously provided for them every day for all the 40 years there in the wilderness. Can you imagine that? Every single day, God provided for them. God provided the food. And they drank the spiritual drink. Same, that word spiritual talking about the miracle drink that came from the hand of God. That was the water. Remember in Exodus 17 at Horeb, Moses struck the rock and as he was commanded and out flowed water. For not just one Israelite, not just Moses, but for over 2 million people, God provided water. Also, Paul says they drank from that spiritual rock that followed them. Now, Jewish legend says that this rock went with Israel all everywhere they went in the desert, but I believe here Paul was just making this connection that that rock was christ that shekinah glory that visible presence of the lord in the form of the cloud and fire was actually the lord jesus a christophany there and so i believe paul saying hey you know that rock hey you you know who was with them throughout the wilderness that was jesus and he uses that picture of the rock and the water flowing out of there as a picture of the living water that jesus gives believers. Remember in John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said to Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. It's from Jesus we get this living water. So here Paul talking about the wilderness, the wilderness wonders, the miracles that were going on. Paul says God sustained Israel by miraculously providing for them with the manna and water in the desert. Paul saying, God sustained Israel by miraculously providing for them with the manna and water in the desert. Forty years now. You know, when we were on the mainland, we went to this Mexican restaurant. And, you know, in, in California, oh, Mexican restaurants are like nothing like here on Maui. It's, it's so ono. And, and you know what? They serve you like unlimited tortilla chips. They keep bringing it to you, and you can keep, and that's also too, you just keep munching and munching. And on top of that, you know, as many restaurants here, they, they give you uh, refills on your soda. So what's better than that? Unlimited tortilla chips and unlimited soda. You, you know, that, that, that's like my meal here. <laughs> well, think about that. God, that's just like God's provision for Israel in the wilderness. Everlasting refills and heavenly tortilla chips they had every day right? That's the Lord, the daily provision of God. That's a wilderness wonder that the Israelites experience. How about you? Look back on 2017. Hasn't God provided for you your food, your drink, your water? Hasn't he been there for you in in sustaining you physically right there? I mean, I, I, I don't know about you know you guys but he really provided for me especially this past month i have grown this way more you know i'm i like growing spiritually but this just this time of the year i end up growing this way god you have truly provided i've gotten fatter this year you know at the end of the year well you know what he still will provide for you in 2018 as you look back on how he provided for you in 2017 look ahead to 2018 that he will no matter what continue to provide for you and you might get fatter too no just joking but understand that just as israel was provided for god will provide for you too so all in all i want you to see this in this wilderness wonders despite the bondage to egypt the red sea circumstance situation the 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 desert conditions that israel went to looking back on the past wilderness journey of Israel, God did a mighty and wonderful work. Understand, this. I'm going to bring it all together here in this section. Despite the bondage of Egypt, the Red Sea situation, the desert conditions, looking back, God did a mighty and wonderful work. And that's what I want you to key in on. That's what I want you to focus in on. The Lord's working your life, the wonderful things in 2017. I got this email from the Billy Graham Association on their uh, email list and I pray and all that and see what's going on. And this email just, just, just came just the other day, like two days ago. It says, God did a mighty work. That was the subject heading. And Franklin Graham writes, and he wrote on how the crusade, they did a recent crusade last month in Vietnam, and it brought thousands and thousands to Jesus Christ. And then he wrote and he reported on how God also brought a great harvest throughout 20 2017. He wrote, during the year, more than 1.9 million people indicated to us that they made a decision for Christ. Isn't that great? 1.9 million people through this ministry. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We need to go out there, save as much people as we can. The email went on to say, we thank him for every life delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of His beloved son and i love that email because this world is dark it's satan's domain it's the domain of darkness but these people have been transformed they've been saved and put into the kingdom of god it was a this is a wonderful work despite the bad conditions of this world and that's what we gotta look back and see Looking back, didn't God do many miracles despite the trials, despite the hard times, despite the dark times, despite the tribulation that happened? Did God stop working last year? No. We're still here, aren't we? You and I, we're still alive. We're breathing. We're here. We're in church. We're worshiping God, seeking him. No, God did not stop working. So let's learn from the past in the wonderful works that he did in 2017 that we know God can help that God can still be there that his power can still be working in our life you know what I I I think I think we should make a a different resolution this year I think we should make a resolution of faith A resolution of looking to God and knowing that He does answer prayer and He will answer prayer. A resolution that we're going to have more faith in 2018 than what we had in 2017. You know in a recent poll on New Year's resolutions, number three, the top three, number three was save more, spend less. That's a good one. Number two was pay down your debt. And number one Actually, and this fits in our, our day and age in society, number one was live a healthier lifestyle. That's great. I, I think that's great. We're all trying to be more healthy in, in what we eat and our exercise and all that. But understand statistics, I saw this, statistics show 55% of Americans keep their new resolutions for only one month and you're like yeah i know that <laughs> you don't have to tell me that yeah 40% for only 6 months but you know what let's do something different with our resolutions this year let's not let our faith die yeah let's make our let's have our faith be stronger in the lord than it was last year. Let us have more faith. As we look back on the miracles in 2017, let's learn from the past that God is consistent. We're still here. God is powerful. He can work. Let's have more faith for 2018. Shall we? Amen. Let's do that. Let's make that our resolution. Rather than get rid of this or do that or, or live a healthier lifestyle, let's have a better faith lifestyle. Let's have a lifestyle of more faith in the Lord, and whatever is going to come by our way in 2018. All right, well, let's move on here to number two in our outline, the wilderness wrongs, the wilderness wrongs. We see, number one, the wilderness wonders, and now we're going to learn from the past about the wilderness wrongs. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians chapter. 10 it says in verse 5 but with most of them God was not well pleased for the bodies were scattered in the wilderness now the sad thing is after all the miracles after experiencing seeing God in a cloud the Shekinah glory of cloud most now uh, Paul writes here most I would say almost all of them except what Caleb and Joshua we know and of course Moses and maybe Aaron some of the priests but most of the Israelites uh, did not make it to the promised land actually Moses didn't Aaron did not only Caleb and Joshua did and it says here that Paul says their bodies were scattered in the wilderness in other words they died in the desert as they traveled they began to die off why well it says in verse 5 god was not well pleased because of their unbelief we know because of their sin this generation that first came out of egypt remember the lord judged them because of the unbelief said you know everyone 20 years and older are not going to make it into the promised land so that first generation of hebrews never made it into the promised land only the second generation did So Paul is saying, look, despite all that God was doing for them, the Israelites disappointed the Lord with their sin. How sad is that? John MacArthur wrote, they misused and abused their freedom and their blessings in self-centeredness and self-will. They did what they wanted to do, right? They wanted to do what they wanted to do. They did not deny self, remember, in context of 1 Corinthians here. Remember back in uh, chapter 9, verse 27, Paul wrote how he disciplines his body like an athlete in training, so not to be what? Disqualified. What would disqualify him? Well, his lack of self-discipline, his lack of self-denial. So here Paul uses the self-centeredness and self-will of Israel to show how believers can do exactly the same thing after they've been freed, after they've been saved, after God's worked in their life, just like Israel. How is that? Well, in this next section, we're going to see four things. Wicked wants, wicked works, wicked ways, and wicked words. I'll give that to you as we go. Let's look at the first thing now. Wicked wants. Wicked wants. Verse 6, he goes on now. These things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not, become chill, do, do not become idolaters as were some of them as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So Paul is here is summarizing some things that happened with Israel in these two verses. And he's talking about wicked wants. He says, "Now these things, these, this, the wilderness wrongs of Israel, he's is talking about, are examples. They're intended so we believers would not do the same. They're examples for us, to intent that we should we should also not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Lust means like strong craving, this craving, yeah, or a strong desire, a fleshly desire. And what did they lust after? Evil." Things. It speaks of the things of Egypt. It speaks of, 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 of the things of the world which Egypt represents. In other words, they lusted after worldly things as they began to desire the Egyptian lifestyle. And it all came out with what they wanted to eat. We studied this on, on a Wednesday night months ago. In Numbers 11, verse 4, it says, Now the mixed multitude were among them, that's Israel, yielded to intense craving so the children of israel also wept again and said who will give us meat to eat we remember they wrote the fish which we ate freely in egypt the cucumbers the melons the leeks the onions and the garlic but now our whole being is dried up there's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes So God was daily providing them the manna, their sustenance, but they got tired. They started to look back to Egypt. They started to look back to all that lifestyle back then. And so they began to crave the worldly things, the things in Egypt once again. Not only that, Paul adds in verse 7, they became idolaters. And that reference is back to when they began to worship the golden calf. Remember in Exodus 32, Moses was up on a mountain for a while. And they got kind of bored. Say, hey, let's gather all the gold. Let's make a calf and worship that. Moses is gone. Let's do that. Let's, let's, let's worship this idol and gods just like back in Egypt. So they had a party they sat they down they ate and they drank and everything and you know this this phrase at the end of verse 7 says and rose up to play the word play means they began to engage in like lustful activities they began to play around in that way so here's what paul's saying Paul is saying even though they were rescued from egypt israel wanted the lifestyle of the egyptians back again isn't that crazy? We want to go back to Egypt. We, uh, you know, we, we missed the food. We missed that lifestyle. They forgot about the bondage they were in. They were slaves there. It wasn't like they were rich and hanging out. No, they, they, they were working hard back then. So even though they were rescued from Egypt, Israel wanted that lifestyle. They had wicked wants. I was thinking about you remember that song, Walk Like an Egyptian? You know, <laughs> I can do it you know the arm thing you know they did i thought oh i want to do that but i can't i'm not a dancer as you can tell hey the egyptians that's what they want they wanted to live like they were back in egypt they want to be like back in the world in a worldly manner how about you this morning god freed you from the bondage of egypt so to speak but you still have a desire to go back to worldly things perhaps looking back into 2017 was that maybe the main problem maybe the consequences are they really worth it that you went through i think we should do different in 2018 let's not desire the world let's not want want the world anymore no we want jesus and we want more of him in our lives all right, well, Paul goes on here in verse 8, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Paul goes on here talking about wicked works and specifically sexual immorality. He talked about wicked wants, and now it's wicked works. It goes along really with the wicked wants, the sexual immorality and the consequences. The consequences was 23,000 fell and died in judgment because of them compromising their character, their obedience, their following God. Now, some of the commentators aren't sure if this incident was still back in Exodus 32 after the golden calf thing where the Levites killed 3,000 and a plague could have killed another 20,000 making it 23,000. Or it could have been in Numbers 25 when the, you remember the Moabite women lured the Israel men to this barbecue. It was really an idol worship time. And they committed adultery both spiritually and physically with The Moabites, and remember that was Balaam's evil advice to Balak, the Moabite king. That's how we could uh, bring Israel down. So it could have been either of these. But what we see is Israel compromised with the worst thing they could do. Their wicked works was committing adultery against the Lord after all that God did for them. Whatever it is, either way, remember this just hits home for the Corinthian believers, for they lived in that society where sexual immorality was rampant. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee sexual immorality. Remember they were famous, the city of Corinth, for the temple of Aphrodite, right? Where there was temple uh, uh, prostitutes that went out and, and, and that was the thing to do back then. There was sexual immorality in that city, like, 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 like very, they were known for that. And, and certainly our world is getting that way too. In 2017, when you look back, have you c- compromised in that area? Let's be different in 2018. Go to verse 9 now. Paul says, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. So the third thing Paul brings up is wicked ways. There's wicked wants, wicked works, and now wicked ways here paul mentions how israel tempted god and so serpents these poisonous snakes came and many people died well how did israel tempt the lord well when they came against god by questioning his goodness by questioning his plan by grumbling about the manna in numbers 21 throughout the Israel's journey, they had a consistent way of coming against God's daily miracles, his blessings and his goodness. They kept coming back. Ah, yeah, they, they kept questioning all that. A grandfather was asked by a store manager about his new hearing aid he had bought there. The grandfather said, they work great. I can hear every conversation in the house now, even the ones in the next room. The manager said, well, your relatives must be so happy for you. The grandpa laughed, and he says, you know what? I haven't told them yet. I've just been sitting around listening, and I've changed my will twice. (laughs) Are you like this elderly man's family, though? Griping about things, yeah? Griping about, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, him and all that. Maybe, Maybe griping about what God's doing when it is him who got you this far in 2017 how ungrateful and presumptuous it is to talk stink about god when he's done so much well verse 10 paul goes on and says nor complain as some of them also complain and were destroyed by the destroyer so paul here lastly talks about wicked Words And it it connects with the wicked ways. We saw wicked wants, wicked works, wicked ways, and now wicked words. So lastly here, Paul said, hey, don't complain like Israel did. And they were destroyed. They were judged through the destroyer. That's number 16. It's after Korah and his guys were swallowed up in the earth for the rebellion and God sent a plague, this angel killing those Israelites who complained about what happened you know Korah went after Moses and Aaron they didn't want them to be leaders they wanted to be leaders themselves and then God came judge Korah and his guys and then the people were, were complaining like why'd you do that to them Moses I can't believe you you did that and then this plague came and so most certainly by an angel just like the death angel when they left Egypt and it, it, it they this destroyer came and killed those people because they complained, they criticized Moses and Aaron for, for the judgment that fell upon Korah's guys. So Paul's saying with their critical and vicious words, their cynical words toward the leaders, it was really going against the Lord, and so the Lord brought that judgment. Oh, we got to watch out with our tongues, right? We got to watch out with our, our words. We know in James chapter 3, verse 6, the first part says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Verse 8 in James 3 says, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. But, but we have to be careful with our words. These are wicked words with what Israel did. And, and I was thinking about this, asking myself, well, wow, how was 2017 with controlling my tongue? Yeah. Is there still consequences lingering from it? I got to be careful. We got to be careful. Look back on 2017. How about your words? How about what came out of your mouth? Were they wicked words like what happened with israel with their critical and vicious words it was toward moses it was toward aaron it was it was it was it was it was, it was uh, vicious it was, it was cynical it wasn't just like complaining or criticizing it was really coming down on them how is your tongue you know let's make it different in 2018 i was thinking about that some people say hey i'm just being real right but is it the real new life, or is it the real the flesh? Yeah? Some people say, well, I just speak my mind. Well, if that's in your mind, watch out. I think that's a fleshly mind. How about saying what the Holy Spirit is speaking? Someone say, some people say, well, I just, just blurt out my opinion. Well, is it the opinion of the flesh or the truths of the word of God? Let us learn from our past, the mistakes that we made. And as we go into 2018, let it be a year of self-control, denying yourself. Denying what's, you know how sometimes like, oh, I, I, you want to say that, but you know you shouldn't say that, but then you say that anyway, right? And then, boom, the damage is done. Let's not do that. As Paul in context of what we've been Studying about, hey, you know what? Let's show love. Let's be understanding. Let's lay down our rights, yeah? Let's deny ourselves like an athlete, discipline ourselves, run the race to win, and let's not like be with Israel with these wicked words. Well, all in all in this section, look at what Paul really is saying with each of these things. After all that the Lord did, Israel took their new life with God and turned it against him and sinned. Do you see that? We saw the wonders works, right? And now here's the wonders, the, I mean the wilderness wonder, and now the, the wilderness wrongs now. But think about after all the Lord did for Israel, Israel now took that new life. They're out of each, out of the bondage. They're, God is sending them to the promised land. And what they do, they turn that new life against the Lord, and they sinned. I was reading about last year a homeless man in Florida stole three laptops and a 42-inch TV from a church. He went in and stole all that, ripped them off. He got caught and was arrested. But get this, that church where he stole from was the same church who, who helped him the week before by letting him stay and taking care of him. Crazy. We say that is so wrong. I read that article like, look at this guy. He, he, he should be sentenced, yeah, uh, really bad. I mean, that, that is so wrong. Yet, don't we do the same thing with the Lord? He's rescued us. He's provided us. He's freed us, released us. He's done miracles in our lives. He's answered prayer. And then what do we do with this new life? Do we use it against Him? Do we go against Him? Just like what the Israelites did. After all that the Lord did, Israel took their new life with God and turned it against the Lord and sinned. They did wrongs in the wilderness. On top of that, why go back and place yourself in that place of bondage, right? You're freed from Egypt. Why go back into the world then and place yourself back in bondage? You've been freed from those sins and things, and you go back. God frees you from alcohol and you go back to alcohol? God frees you from sending you from drugs and you go back to drugs? What, what is that? On Christmas Day, uh, Noah, responders responder, success, successfully freed that hump, humpback whale. Did you read that? It was tangled in, in this 400 feet of heavy-gauge line, they said. Now, what if, after they freed the whale, the whale turned right back and swam into that line again? I mean, wouldn't you be standing going, what are you doing? No, maybe you're speaking well. Right? No. Right? But what are we doing? God freed us. He gave us a new life. He helped us. And then we go right back into sin and put it back in his face. Is that what you've been doing with your new life in 2017? Don't be like Israel. Let twenty eighteen be a different year for you. That you're not gonna do take those things and go back and put it stroll back in the Lord's face. All right, number three in our main outline here the wilderness warning. The wilderness warning. We want to learn from the past about the wilderness wonder, the wilderness wrongs. And now our last verse is the wilderness warning. First Corinthians chapter ten verse eleven. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So Paul now he finishes up in our section here this morning he's saying now all these things that happen are examples. He brings that up again they're examples for us to learn from as we look at the past we want to learn from the past and they were written for our admonition that word means as a warning as a warning why because the same thing can happen to believers the idea is these old testament stories about israel they are there for us they are written for us to learn from so we can learn and apply them to our lives someone said the wise man studies others so that he can learn from their mistakes and then they add this at their expense i like that right we can learn from their mistakes and not make the same mistakes again so Paul writes, these are examples for believers, and then he says, whom the ends of the ages have come. Now that's a little strange, but what, what he's saying, he's saying, in other words, these examples are for us who live in the times after Christ came. Uh, after Christ's death and resurrection, uh, the, the disciples, the apostles considered from then on to be the end of the age, they are looking for Christ's return. So he's basically saying that we have these old testament stories today we can learn from the past we can learn from what's written so you know what we should know better that's what he's saying we have no excuses there's no excuses here they're right there in front of us and today in the age we live in today because we were past all that we saw the mistakes we should know better to not do the same things there's that saying, right? Have you guys heard the saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right? Because I, I, you should know by then. Well, that's the same idea with Israel's wrongs. Israel sins against God, shame on them. You make the same mistake, shame on you. That's the idea. So the last point here I want to make Paul's saying these past wilderness events are examples to warn today's believers of what not to do in their walk with the Lord. These past wilderness events are examples to warn today's believers of what not to do in their walk with the Lord. That's the point. This is what Paul is bringing us into about learning from the past. I read about a principal complaining to a superintendent because he was turned down for a promotion. He told the superintendent, I deserve it, for it. I have 25 years of experience here. Well, the superintendent replied, No, that's not right. You, on, you have only had one year's experience 25 times. You get it? He kept making the same mistake over. He kept doing the same. He never grew. Are you like this, making the same mistakes, doing the same wrongs, doing this stuff against the Lord year after year after year? You may say, hey, I've been a Christian for 25 years. Oh, 25 years ago, I came forward. I raised my hand. I prayed to receive Christ. But you know what? 20, you haven't grown. You keep doing the same thing. You keep going after worldly things. And you know what? You still look like a baby in diapers sucking on your thumb. (laughs) Have you grown? Well, as we look back at 2017, good things happen and not so good things happen. But we can learn from both, can't we? Perhaps maybe you're even filled with regret as we're going through the study today. Maybe regret from your mistakes But, you know, we can learn from our mistakes and move forward. We we don't have to stay in there and keep condemning ourselves and let it weigh you down. Here's here's the thing about our mistakes. Don't keep looking back at 2017. Don't look back on 2017 and, and stay there and keep you from living differently in 2018. Go to Christ, be forgiven, get cleansed, Get up and let's start running that race again. One of my all-time favorite quotes from Warren Wiersbe is this. The past is a rudder to guide you, not an anchor to drag you. Then he said, we must learn from the past, not live in the past. Isn't that good? We want to look back at our mistakes and let it be a rudder to guide us to not do that again. It shouldn't be an anchor in condemnation to keep us back there. No, let it help us to live more for God now, better for God, and become the people of God he wants us to be. So when we look back at 2017, don't keep your eyes there. Look forward to what God is doing, and what God can do. See, so you can't drive forward by looking in the rear view mirror, right? Your past mistakes, regrets. No, we must learn from it. And that's an important thing this morning, to learn and not keep making the same mistakes. I'll close with this. A zoo built built a special eight-foot-high enclosure for its newly acquired kangaroo. But the next morning, the animal was found hopping around outside. Well, then the fence was uh, rebuilt, increased to 15 feet. But the kangaroo escaped again. Well, then the director increased the fence to 30 feet high, but once more the next day, the kangaroo was hopping around outside again. Well, as they watched them build an even higher fence, the giraffe asked the kangaroo, how high do you think they'll keep building the fence? I don't know, said the kangaroo, maybe a 1,000 feet if they keep leaving the gate unlocked. Well, let's not be like these zoo guys here, right? Let's take a closer look at where we failed last year. But then let's take that and let us live differently next year. Let us take a closer look on what God has done, His power, His answers to prayer and the miracles, and let us have more faith next year. And let us look at God's grace and mercy, yeah? And let's not test Him or presume upon Him, not tempt Him, but take that opportunity He's given us, a second chance, a third chance to live for Him for He's given us so many last year. So let's look at all that in 2017, and let's look forward to 2018 as we learn from the past let's pray lord we are here god right at the edge of 2018 as this year closes out in 2017 god i look back i look back on this year i look back on everything that happened the good and the bad the wonderful the not so wonderful the the joyous times the real depressing and discouraging times the the great uh, wonderful moments and the hurtful times all in all, you've been there for us, God. You've been there for me, and and I thank you for that. I look back on my wrongs and my sins, and, and Lord, I am so sorry. I still regret them. I still feel so bad. But God, thank you for your forgiveness and cleansing that we can go on and move forward and get up and start running again. And do that within us, all of us, Lord, as we look toward the new year, God, Lord, may you refresh us in our spirit right now. May you renew us, God may your holy spirit come down and by your blood jesus cleanse us lord and make us new in you again may we step out of here with with a new determination and a new dedication to live for you in 2018 like we never did before may we may we already be thinking of things in ways that we need to change so we're not living like the world and we're not going after the world but we're we're going after you jesus the one we love so much, the one we want to be with. God, we are here because we know as Christians it's not this religion. It's not a ritual, Lord. And if we're in that, get us out of that rut, Lord. But bring us to the place where it's this relationship with you, where we can grow closer, where we can go farther, where we can go deeper in you and where we experience you in greater ways. And all in all, God, help us in our faith, Lord that we may trust in you and believe in you and more things, that we wouldn't be so locked into logic and we wouldn't be so uh, discouraged, Lord, in things we see, but we, we can look past that and see you and your sovereign plan in our lives. God, things have happened. Things have happened to get our attention this past year. But Lord, as you've gotten our attention and we've tried to change, let it not stop there, but bring us farther than we've ever been spiritually with you ever before. Here we are, God, surrendering ourselves to you. As our eyes are closed, head bowed right now, I want to give you guys an opportunity to surrender your life to God for 2018. And what i like you to do, and this is between you and the Lord, even though we're here with a group of people, let it be what you want to do for the Lord. Let it be what you want to show the Lord. And if, if you want to make 2018 different than 2017 because you have not received Christ before, I want you to just stand up where, right where you're, from where you're sitting. Just stand up right there before the Lord. Anyone there? Just stand before God and tell Jesus, I want, I want you. I want you. Perhaps you're here this morning and 2017 was a life of worldliness. And you went back into the world and you know that's not you. You know that that's not what the Lord would want of you in your life. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to stand up right, right where you're at. Just stand up And show the Lord, I want to live for you this year. Anyone? Just stand up right now. And then for the rest of you guys, for for you, anyone else this morning, that you really want to live 2018 for the Lord better than 2017, I want you to stand up. Just stand up for the Lord. Let Him know. 2018 for you. I'm dedicating this year to you. Just stand up before him right now. Lord God, I pray for everyone here who just stood up, everyone who, who is either receiving you for the first time or dedica- rededicating themselves or as we all surrender and dedicate our life, dedicate 2018 for you, Jesus. Lord, we're standing because we want to give our lives to you right now. And, Lord, I just pray over everyone, right? I pray that you would move upon their hearts as they have made the choices, decision to live for you, not for me anymore, God, as I stand here too. Lord, receive us, God. Hear us. Strengthen us. Pour your spirit upon us and into us and give us an overflowing cup. And as we end out this year and as tomorrow morning dawns, God, May we see things differently. May we see the people around us differently. May we see our life before us differently. May we go back to work differently. May we treat each other differently. May we see our, our families as, as people of you brought into our lives. May, may everything we do be dedicated to you in 2018. God, we, we give you this next new year, Lord. And with all of our hearts, God, we give you our our life in surrender. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.